Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So, I'd like to chat today about um, the topic of, the, of today is the subtle body. And um, Krishna gave a really nice talk a few weeks back. Uh, we were doing, Wendy and I were doing the retreat, so I'm not sure how many people got here, but um, he gave a talk on Tantra and some somatic um, body-based stuff. It was really cool, um, like history of, of Tantra. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, um, it's up on SoundCloud. Um, and I'd recommend it. It's like, a, like I said, it's, it's a really nice um, history of Tantra. And so I've been wanting to talk for quite a while on the subtle body and the subtle body type of practices. And the last, I think this will be the fourth time talking about practice orientation. Um, the last few times I've talked about different styles of, of practice. Um, and I want to continue that today. And if you're up for it, we'll, we're going to actually do a, a practice today in the tantric realm of Tibetan Buddhism, which usually they're very complicated, but there's a version here that is um, very accessible and, and safe and like, open to the public, because sometimes they're, they're not. Um, so the one that we're going to do today is um, safe to practice in a group. So first, just to, to clarify, what, what do I mean by the subtle body? Um, well, we live here in Southern California, so like chakras and kundalini and all this stuff is usually <laughs> kind of all over the place, kundalini yoga and everything. Um, but just to, just to review, if you will, the subtle body is the, the energetic body. So we have a physical body, we have an energetic body. This is something that we could take a picture of these days. There's Kirlan photography. Um, so we could actually take a picture of the, the energy body, the auric body. Um, this energy body has, uh, it's very similar to the physical body in that it has organs. So those organs are called the chakras. Right? They're the major energy centers of the subtle body. Chakra means will in Sanskrit. They're, these chakras or wills are turning clockwise, counterclockwise. Uh, we know of obviously acupuncture uses the meridians, so these like the veins of of the energy body, right, to uh, clear blockages and free up the, these channels. Um, the meridians and nadis, these are like the really small tributaries of of the large energy body. When it comes to meditation and specific meditation practices that deal with harnessing and using the subtle body as a meditative tool. The, there's three major elements. One's the Shushmana channel. This is the major element. This is the central channel that runs, uh, that all the chakras tie into. So this runs right in front of the spine and these chakras or wills, you know, tie in to the Shushmana, the central channel. And when we're not meditating, they're, they're facing outwards. When we start to meditate, the chakras turn up like sunflowers. They, they open up like sunflowers and they merge with the central channel. 
in the central channel, the flow of energy moves from the base of the spine up to the crown. There's also two subchannels on, on either side of the Shishmana channel. There's the Pingala and Ida. Ida is IDA. These are the two, two subchannels. And most of the practices talk about feeding the energy on an in inhalation or exhalation through, this, through the subchannels that run alongside the central channel and then feeding it through, through the, the base, feeding these energies into the central channel. We're going to get into that a little bit. So it's a bit, it's a bit, um, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, when we talk about this stuff, but um, I'll try to unravel it and we'll just take our time with it. So let's do a little exercise in anyone that's taken um, maybe Rick's class or, you know, Tai Chi or Qigong has done this energy ball exercise. Go ahead and rub your hands together. And starting to put the energy on the palm of your hands. Okay, maybe just flip your hands for a moment. Bringing your palms together, like so. And then I want you to visualize water running out the palms of your hands. So go ahead and close your eyes, visualizing water coming out of the palms of your hands. And everyone looks really good, keeping a nice, relaxed, loose um, kind of mudra with the hands there. And you're paying attention to the space between your hands and the surface of the palm area. There's two minor chakras at the palms. And then you could ever so slightly, in an accordion-like fashion, moving the hands back and forth very slightly, almost unnoticeable, and keeping the hands fairly close together, maybe an inch and a half, two inches apart. Almost like you're pressing together the space between your hands. So doing this, you may be able to feel a heat, a tingle, and then eventually a pressure can arise. And when this pressure arises, you can even notice that it's like two magnets. You're trying to put together two magnets and they actually slip. There's different polarities in the male and female, polarities of the energies and the chakra is spinning against each other. There's a slippage that you could feel. And if you don't feel anything at all, that's totally fine. You just look silly with your hands, your eyes closed, your hands pressing on this. <laughs> okay, then pausing for a moment. Or you can keep going, so <laughs> if you learn to do it. 
How many people felt something there? Something, a tingle or a, yeah. How many people felt like a pressure, like an actual pressure? So it's kind of a, kind of important for us to, to feel to feel this. this. This energy is not something um, outside of the realm of, of um, it's almost physical. It can get actually very, very strong, um, almost to a sense of being that physical feeling, if you will. <clears throat> so this is just a little bit about like, what is a subtle body? Why do we want to talk about it? Like who cares that there's a subtle body? For, for one thing, like when we're meditating, especially in the Theravada tradition, I want to talk about it because those of you that can't have come through just the Theravada, uh, Vipassana kind of route, we don't talk about it much in, in the Hinayana path. As part of the Hinayana path, we don't talk about it much. And it's really important because in meditation, how many people in meditation have felt um, things rushing through your body? You know, it, sometimes there's a jolt, there's... There's things moving through the body. So this is the, the psychic energy moving through the body, yeah? And so it's important kind of as a safety in Tibetans, we, uh, we call this lung, which is kind of like the, the retreat disease. Like if somebody's in long retreat or something and they start getting ungrounded or like this kundalini starts to move a little too quickly, which I'll get into you know, what that is, call this lung. And so there's, there's protocol there if something happens like this to ground ourselves. Mm. So it's really important just to know <laughs> that if you're feeling something like this and have these types of symptoms um, after meditation or even anxiety, so anxiety, this is one of the common ones, feeling ungroundedness or too much, there's a protocol in place where we could work to um, calm those energies back down. In Tibetan, they call them the winds, right? Mm. So calm the winds, the energy winds to calm them back down. Also important to note, if you're doing mindfulness practice, paying attention to the present moment on purpose, you are doing a kundalini practice. If you're doing Dzogchen, which is just paying attention to the true nature of mind, you are doing a kundalini practice. When we awaken to the present moment, and I'll get into the, more of the kundalini is the, this primal force at the base of the spine and it's moving up this central channel. So when we meditate, this is what we're stirring up and it's a powerful cleansing energy that moves through the tropical system, the energy body, and cleanses all the, um, it purifies all of our like, psychic debris, if you will, along the way. So even opening up really subtly to the present moment, this is being stirred. So it might not be like a kundalini practice where you're visualizing the kundalini going up your spine, this and that, but you're still awakening that, right? So it's important. So this is one of the reasons that we're talking about it is because no matter what you're doing, you could be feeling this, the, the activity, the activity there. So talk about kundalini more in a moment but um, where does this fit into the path so the subtle body talk and the techniques that we're doing so there's a uh, path of the sutras the sutriyana so you call uh, you hear about the sutriyana path and then the tantriyana or vajrayana path in um, in buddhism so 
the classification of the work with the subtle body is in this Tantrayana. The Sutra or Sutrayana path is that we are going to uh, practice contemplations on the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, and we're going to practice sila or ethics and gain merit. And by gaining merit, as we go into meditation and practice shamatha, or concentration practices, through this merit and, and right conduct, we're going to reach vipassana or insight. So this is kind of the stages of the, the, the path of the sutra, the sutrayana path, yeah? So in, in the, the, the tantrayana or vajrayana path, a lot of different words here, but they'll say this is a wonderful path. It's wonderful. Like you're definitely going to reach enlightenment through this path. It's going to take a little longer. They say it'll take three countless eons. <laughs> a, little, a little longer. <clears throat> but it works, so keep it up. And this is part of it, you know, because everyone says their techniques, this, you know, the best and all this. So it's not necessarily. I don't believe that personally, but anyway. But this is really important to say, why do we, why does this push, and this is not even Buddha, in, in Hinduism it's the same, like the Kriya, the Kriya Yogas and the Kundalini Yogas are really said that, why do we practice them? It's because they're fast. They're fast. So on the other opposite of that, the, the, the tantric practices are said that we could reach enlightenment in a moment or one lifetime. Mm -hmm. But as they say, the, following the, the sutra path or the Hinayana path, it's like going around a, a mountain. And you're climbing the mountain, but you're going around just a little bit at a time, right? So one path, the path go, winds around the mountain, and it just winds you up to the top. Yeah? But if you slip, you only slip down like one trail, you know, like one little, you just slip down a little bit. But in, in the, the tantric path, you climb up the face. You're climbing the face, but if you slip, you could fall down all the way. <laughs> or you could, you, you know. So, and, and what does that mean to, to fall? One, one thing is that in the Suchiyana path, like I mentioned, you're doing this purification in the Tantrayana path. There's a generation stage and a completion stage, or the generation stage is, called, is more like the philosophical uh, mindset behind it, which is that you're already a Buddha. So on one path is that we're kind of like kind of this human-ish being, and we're moving into Buddhahood through purification. And the other way to look at it is that we're already Buddhas, we, already, we just forgot, mm. right? So this is very close to being um, it nihilistic, for one, and narcissistic, right? <laughs> so these are, the, which is the complete opposite of where we're going. So this, this, instead of Buddhahood, you can get egohood really quickly, right? So this is, these, when they say these are the concerns of these, these practices, the other thing is when we're practicing the actual practice, the generation stage and the completion stage are the practices, the practices, if you go too quickly, could lead to, um, I think we talked about like anxiety, but it could lead into like psychotic features and things that you would see with psychedelics or something like that if you do it too much too quickly. Mm 
So there's two types of concerns here. And this is why, um, and I know when I was reading, I was younger, they would say, this is not safe. Mm-hmm. Only do it with a teacher. Mm-hmm. I would like, I would do it anyway. Like, I, was like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, it's 2018. This stuff is meant for like a long time ago. Until start, stuff started happening. And I was like, maybe I should get like, really unsettling, you know? Like, maybe this isn't all good. Like, swimming in somewhere I don't really want to be. And I don't know how to get back, kind of thing. So, this is hopefully not too confusing. Um, but I thought we'd tackle it anyway. Is that too confusing so far? We're, we're okay? Um, now I'm going to get confusing. No, <laughs> so, you know, we only have, like, the, the Sunday sits. This is our main time together, you know? So, um, like I was talking to Margaret, sometimes I feel like I bite off more than I could chew in these sits. But, um, but it's a great, it, this, is the, this is our time together, right? So, um, what I'm going to present now is the actual uh, completion stage yoga um, called Tumo. Now, Tumo, we might not have a long time for Q&As, but <laughs> um, how many people are familiar with Tumo or practice of the inner heat a little bit? Practice of the what? Inner heat. Okay. Um, so, so Tumo, uh, maybe many of you have seen YouTube videos of the Tibetans and they're sitting in the snow in the Himalayas and they put on these ice-cold, wet robes, and they sit in the snow, and the steam comes off of them. This is Tumo. This is the practice of the inner heat. Um, actually, it's not meant for like a super cool way to stay warm in the snow. It's, um, it's actually a very, very, very effective enlightenment technique. Um, there's a great Indian uh, saint, Milarepa, who, well, maybe it's a lot longer story than today, but he, he, is one, he is one that committed these really negative karmas, and he thought, I have to, you know, I have to free myself in this lifetime because I'm going to go to a hell realm. Like, if I, I've created such, you know, you murdered people and this and that. So he found an amazing teacher, and he was given Tumo, and he was able to counteract these massive negative karmas and reach enlightenment in one lifetime. And he, they would say, what about this technique? What about this? And he said, well, let's get something straight. No one's ever going to touch my tumor. Uh, like, like this, is, this, is the, this is the technique. Um, so there's different, different stages, uh, different uh, like kind of a beginning, intermediate, and more advanced stage of this um, completion stage uh, yoga. I'm going to teach the very, very beginning one. And the most important part of this puzzle and, and why anyone should practice um, these types of practices is because your bodhicitta is so strong that you cannot stand it anymore, like being unenlightened. Mm-hmm. So this means that your bodhicitta, your, your, your obsessive desire to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings is so strong and so powerful you cannot wait another moment. Like this, this is, our motivation has to be like this to practice these. It has to be very, very pure motivation. I, I have to reach enlightenment to benefit of all, be, all beings. I have to. Only enlightened being can see the karmas 
really see the karma of each individual being and know what exactly they need at that moment to propel them further. If they need to be hit on the top of the head with a sandal, you know, as there's some enlightenment experiences like that, or <laughs> like, you know, or whatever they need. So this, this is our motivation. So our motivation, our pure motivation has to increase exponentially as we start doing these practices. This is like the first step of like that safety net we talked about, right? This non-egolessness. And then also too, of course, um, closer we could stay to a qualified teacher, the better. All right, so let me get into this. This is a, an amazing book. If you're ever interested in an end-all, be-all book of your basic guide to Mahayana practices, into like Tibetan-style Mahayana practices, this is a nun by the name of Kathleen McDonald, and it's a simple-looking book. It's called How to Meditate. She has incredible meditations in here. Everything you find in here is going to be safe. Her teacher is Lama Zopa Rinpoche, and he's like very by the book, and he kind of authorized this to go out into the public, and this is why we could share it today. Okay, um, I highly recommend if you're really into this type of teaching, there's Introduction to Tantra by Lama Yeshi, and then this is the very highly advanced version of what we're going to go over today. This is absolutely only with a qualified teacher. This is the Bliss of Inner Fire. This is actually an actual retreat that he gave empower with an empowerment um, to practice this teaching, the Bliss of Inner Fire. Okay. Do you want to learn? Because yeah. it's a little complicated, so I'm a little worried. <laughs> And this is, I didn't have a chance to print this. This is pretty inefficient, but I'm just going to pass this around. And I just want you to look at this diagram. I think a lot of you know, know this, but I'm just going to pass this around and just look at that diagram. This is the Shusma chan channel with the Ida and Pangala. There's an intimate relationship between our mind and the subtle nervous system. Mental energy flows through the body within a psychic nervous system composed of thousands of thin, transparent, subtle channels. The principal ones, known as the central right and left channels, run parallel to and just in front of the spinal column. Pure mental energy can function only within the central channel, whereas diluted energy flows through all centers. At present, our central channel is blocked by knots of negative energy, anger, jealousy, desire, pride, and so forth at points of the chakras corresponding to the base of the spine, navel, heart, throat, crown. To the extent that this diluted energy is active, the pure energy of mind is blocked and unable to function. Recall, for example, the enormous physical and mental tension created by strong desire or anger. There is no space for all the calm and clarity. The inner heat meditation is an excellent method for transforming this powerful energy and developing spontaneous control over all of the actions of our body, speech, and mind. Mere suppression of attachment, anger, or other emotions does not eliminate them, it compounds them. The solution is literally the transformation of this energy, which by its nature is neither good nor bad, into blissful, freeing, flowing energy. So I'm going to get into the practice next. So when we talk about the tantras, this, this, this is the key word she just mentioned is transformation. So. Instead of working with the Suchiana path of 
practicing like right conduct and you know the silas and generosity patience or whatnot and practicing non-attachment through analytical meditations and whatnot we see the suffering of attachment so we practice non-attachment most of this coming from the the desire energy body of desire <coughs> we're taking the actual energy body mm. of desire we're taking that desire transforming that desire in into what we'll call it spiritual energy if you will so we take it from the lower centers and we literally bring it up i used to one of my first teachers was a master choa Kok Sui, and he would say you have all that sex energy down here just grab it mm-hmm. and just pull it up like, just with your hands mm-hmm. and put uh, put it on your crown <laughs> he's like but stop at the heart along the way so we go like that and stop at the heart and he was just physically doing it because you know he's doing pranic healing and stuff just grabbing this and he would just bring it up and just put it on your head <laughs> but you could feel it like you could feel this it transformed just like this we're doing this but inwardly and when we transform that energy it turns to bliss and then we meditate on the bliss so when we have a sexual orgasm this spiritual energy is just slapping the outside of the shishmana that's all that's happening it just slaps the outside of the, of the central channel. This bliss is beyond the physical. This is actually bliss once, once this energy goes in, into the central channel. Totally different experience. I'm, gonna read, I'm just going to read through a portion of this, and then we'll, we'll practice a little bit, okay? Sit comfortably in your meditative place and generate a strong positive motivation for doing this inner heat practice. Oh, by the way, I'm going to send this out on, to our newsletter and everything, so you don't need to remember this. This whole practice, I'm copying this, and I'll probably talk it out on a guided meditation, too, because I know it's going to be insufficient today. Sit comfortably in your meditative place and generate a strong, positive motivation for doing this inner heat practice. Determine to keep your mind relaxed, concentrated, and free of expectation for the entire session. Start by visualizing the central channel as a transparent hollow tube, a finger's breadth and distance, or I'm sorry, in diameter. It runs straight down the center of the body, just in front of the spinal column, from the crown of the head to the base of your spine. Next, visualize the right and left lateral channels, slightly thinner than the central one. They start from the left and right nostrils, respectively, travel upwards to the top of the head, and then curve over to run downward on either side of the central channel. So think of like a cane, like how a cane curves from starting from the nostrils. It's like a cane that goes over the top of the head. They curve inward and join the central channel at a point approximately four fingers breadth below the level of the navel. So if you take your four fingers, about you put it at your navel. So they're coming in, that picture that I, the illustration I just showed, so they're coming in underneath the navel. They enter into the Shushmana channel. Take as long as you like to construct this visual visualization. Once it's stable, once it's stable, imagine a red hot ember, the size of a tiny seed, inside the central channel, at the level of the navel. Strengthen this visualization, imagining reaching into a fire taking out a tiny glowing ember and placing it into your central channel once it is there really feel the intense heat so as i'm talking about this you can just go ahead and do it 
in order to increase the heat, and so now we're going to go into something called vase breathing, okay? So she's now going to explain vase, the vase breathing, or vase breathing. Now, in order to increase the heat, gently contract the muscles of the pelvic floor. So those would be the same muscle that you, like, yep, the urinate, and you're holding that in. So contract the muscles of the pelvic floor, usually about three times is good. Concentrate on the internal rather than the external muscles. So you kind of think of the base of the spine, like tensing the base of the spine, this is said sometimes. And in this way, bring the air energy up from the lowest chakra to the ember. So beneath the, the navel, as you contract, you're visualizing this energy from the root bringing, coming up into the central channel. And just follow your own breath, obviously. Next, gently take a full breath through both nostrils. The air travels from the nostrils down the right and left channels to where they enter the central channel just below the level of the navel. The air joins with the heat there and with the energy brought up from below. As you stop inhaling, immediately swallow and push gently with your diaphragm in order to firmly compress the energy brought down from above. Now the air energy is completely locked in, compressed from above and below. I'm going to read that again. So increasing the heat, contracting the muscles at the base of the spine, gently taking a full breath through both nostrils. The air travels from the nostrils down through the right and left channels to where they enter the central channel just below the level of the navel. The air joins with the heat there and with the energy brought up from below. As you stop inhaling, completely swallow and push down gently with your diaphragm in order to firmly compress the energy brought down from above. Now the air energy is completely locked in, compressed from above and below. Now pausing, hold your breath as long as it's comfortable to do so. Concentrate on the ember in the navel area whose heat is increasing and spreading as a result of the compressed energy. When you are ready, relax your lightly tense muscles and exhale gently and completely. Although the air leaves through the nostrils, visualize, visualize that it rises up through the central channel and dissolves there. The heat emanating from the burning ember at the navel continually increases and spreads and starts to burn away any blockages at each chakra and starts, starts also to warm the concentrated concentration of silvery, blissful energy found at the crown. So I'm just going to kind of repeat this process when you're breathing in and you can continue to have your eyes closed if you like. You're breathing in through the nostrils, sending the energy down beneath the navel, through the central, through the subchannels, in through the central channel, bringing the bringing the energy up to the ember. As you're doing that, you pause. As you pause, you slightly push down the diaphragm. And so there's energy coming from the top and from the bottom. This concentrates the heat. It compresses the heat of the ember. So you can see, feel like the ember is now glowing. In this pause, this is where all the pressure happens. And as you exhale, 
you release the breath out of the nose, but you visualize the heat and the breath moving up the central channel all the way to your crown. And the heat of the ember is burning up and purifying and cleansing along the way, all the way through the top of the crown. Breathing in, visualizing the winds coming from the bottom into the ember, slightly pressing down on the diaphragm, slightly tensing, feeling the compression of the ember in this pause, exhaling as the winds come up through the crown. The focal of your concentration is always on the heat of the burning ember in the navel area. Once your first exhalation is complete, again tighten the lower muscles, inhale a second time, swallow, and push down with the diaphragm, thus again compressing the air and intensifying the heat. Hold your breath and concentrate on the heat, then exhale, releasing the air up into the central channel once again. this for a couple more minutes and then we'll pause. Initial, initial questions. When was it that we swallowed? Is it the top of the breath? Or During the pause. Okay. Yeah. So would you, after you compress, would you let it out, right? Did I hear it right? After yeah. You, you use the air from the breathing in? The, the heat doesn't go out of your physical body. So, of course, you, you breathe out. The, the heat in the ember goes up the central channel. So this visualized etheric channel from the base of your spine to the crown of your head. It shoots up through the central channel. So even though your breath on the exhalation, your breath goes out, but you're visualizing actually like your entire world. You're actually at the ember. Like you are the ember. And so, like, when I visualize it, I'm visualizing the heat coming up away from me because I'm, I'm down here because the entirety of your focus is down here. So you're visualizing the heat going up. Oh. Yeah. But not out. The, so what are you breathing out? Yeah. So your whole, your whole visualization, your, your, your visualization is all inner. It's not like you're not focusing on your breath. There's nothing... Like the physicality of the breath doesn't relate here. It's all inner. 
that make sense? Yeah. Did you see that little illustration? Oh, you have it. Perfect. So up and down that spine. So when you breathe in, it's coming down those, those sub-channels on the left or right-hand side of the central channel. And then the breath exits, actually it exits through your crown of your head. It kind of like disperses by then, you know? Not to like shoots out, but yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a big question. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, you asked uh, how many of us have had this kind of energetic experiences, and I think probably most. Yeah. Um, we're sort of eking into this here, but then there's this other sort of warning coming. You know, don't do these things without a teacher. But, you know, some of these exercises sort of find themselves. You know, it just sort of happened um, as our teacher. Um, you know, where do you res what, what do you think we should do with that? What, what, uh, what, what would you advise us to do if these things start to yeah, you know, I mean, I, I felt those things like so early on in my practice, it's almost like to me, like sometimes a given that when we practice almost anything, if you go on retreat, I've heard a lot of people at retreat at Spirit Rock without doing anything like this, you know, experiencing that. So I think part of it is just, it's just a part of, of meditating, you know, because we're moving, like I mentioned, if you practice mindfulness, like Kundalini is moving, Kundalini is moving now, like it doesn't matter, it's just in a very small doses in our daily life, you know? So for, for one, like this practice, we do it, I was gonna get to like, you do it seven times, you know, and then, and so I think part of it is um, just minimizing, like there's a safe amount, just like if you go to the gym, like there's a safe workout and then there's like man you better like maybe have a trainer to know that you're lifting right and this and that but everyone can go to the gym you know so I think it's like this but you know a trainer. I'm sorry who's our trainer, <laughs> Are you our trainer? for <laughs> for non non transmission based stuff absolutely if I'm giving this to you you could totally reach out to me Casey at InsideLA.org <laughs> right absolutely like if you're having any kind of Kundalini syndrome or anything like this absolutely reach out to me if it gets into the empowerment-based stuff, and this is where the yidams or the deities come into play, um, I actually would, I would refer you to Venable Tintin Shogi, and she can take care of that. So the higher tantra practices, you actually merge with, with a deity. So you do these same practices, they revolve around Tumo and whatnot, but you're actually doing them as Chenrezig, as Manjushri, you know, as these, these Buddhas. That's a different world, that's not for me. But any other Kundalini stuff, I'm actually quite happy at that because I've had a bunch of it. Yeah. Is this the same related or different from the heat that will arise when one's meditating? This you'll you'll, you'll be able to figure out a, uh, to notice a difference because everyone's different. So I might not. I'm maybe I don't know your heat. You know what your heat is. Well, I'm sure everyone's subjective heat is different. But yeah. If it's been experienced by people, I mean, and sometimes it can be extremely hot and extremely powerful. Um, is that different than the tantric stuff that you're talking about? Well, I only say I don't know your heat. Like, who knows what you're accessing? Like, you might be accessing inner well, we heat. we all know what heat feels like. I mean, I assume there's some commonality on everybody whenever you have a, a sensation of heat coming through you. Yes. Okay. That's all I'm... 
being pretty generic about it. Okay. I will say I will say this is that the heat that that I, I feel and what I've heard feeling from here is a different feeling. Okay. Um, I don't know, Christine, do you have No, is um that it, it it's a it 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 can manifest like physical, but it actually feels much different. Um, it's almost like a warmth of the heart, if you will. Um, like you know how you feel like a warmness, almost the like um, it's almost a powerful loving kindness, if you will. Uh, and of course, it manifests as like a temperature heat on the body. It definitely does, um, as you can see in these yoga practices. But it has a different feel to it. Okay, maybe I can be more specific. At least what I feel is that it's either here or usually will come in the center of my back, and then I can sweat up a storm yeah. doing that, which I always thought was peaky. I'm not sure. Maybe it's not. <laughs> but uh, whatever, that's the way it manifests for me. But it sounds like what you're talking about is different than that. It makes you very hot and very sweaty. Yeah, and it, it can be manifesting from the same energy, though. Um, this is a different way to cultivate it. Yeah, and it's usually on retreats that I can get it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's probably caused by the same kind of friction, if you will, of the Kundalini moving through. Just one real quick, because I, I, I keep forgetting, kind of skipping over an actual definition of Kundalini, but I think most people know. But so, a pack, Kundalini is often referred to, it means coiled, coiled up in Sanskrit. <laughs> And it's usually referred to as a serpent power, and it's also referred to as um, a feminine energy as well. And so this sits at the base of the spine, and um, it's this very powerful energy. And as we meditate, it's it's being stirred up, and this is like the cleansing power. And so un unleashing the serpent power, if you will, and this is what kind of cleanses. And supposedly there's... There's seven layers of seven that need to be kind of pushed through, if you will. So now the Shishimana channel, it, most most people, it's about as thin. They actually says, because of the blockages, it could be as thin as a web. Hmm. So the central channel, as it's just like like a like a plumber cleaning pipes or something. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. as this kundalini goes through, we're just cleansing and cleansing, and then more awakening. Can, can evolve through that. So back to the, the practice, any questions on that so far? So some of us haven't seen the diagram, so I'm just trying to figure out visually what, what sure. it is. It's, it's like it comes up and through like canes. Yeah, wh around. where's that at? Where's the central channel one? Can you pass it over this way? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to. So it actually does rise through the, the crown. The crown mm -hmm. goes all the way through the crown. At the end. Mm -hmm. So Casey, does this have like benefits if you have impairments with your spine? Is there any connection there? I know it's on the spiritual path; it has significance, mm -hmm. but also physiologically. Well, there's a big correlation, you know, between our energy body and our subtle body and our physical body. So the healing arts, uh, like I mentioned, acupuncture and Reiki is a big one. Pranic healing is a really big one. 
um, Tai Chi, Qigong, you know, all these work on the energy bodies. Um, so in, in that way, just in generally speaking, that when we, when we clear our energy body, I mean, something is, you know, Master Cho used to have this lab and I mean, all, every, with permission, you know, he would, he would like cut people and burn people <laughs> and then they would do, they would do like pranic healing and, you know, and it's like, if you, if you cut your physical body, then there's a, a, a an energetic tear as well in your, in your energy body, right? Um, so yeah, they're, they're related, although uh, maybe not so specific, like I'm gonna do this and, and heal my neck or my back, but they're definitely related. Yes. A lot of this overheating is just the blockages being cleared. So that this, if we're prone to this overheating as soon as we start doing deep breathing or something like this, a lot of it is just just that. So um, that could arise as heat, it could arise as tingling, it could arise as like this body jerking, you know, it could arise in a lot of ways. So um, short time, many times. So I would just keep doing it. And then, you know, make your visualization strong at the end that it's going up all the way through, right? But the more you do it, that, sh that should subside and at least transform. It's going to be different experiences, right, mm -hmm. as we do it. Yeah. So could we use this technique then? Um, when I get angry, I get really hot. <laughs> so you could actually yeah. harness that and work the practice to transform the mm -hmm. energy in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, there's two things at play there. It's like, um, to the best of our ability, we, we, we want to at least open the heart before we do this practice. We don't want to like circulate anger. <laughs> but with that, with that said, it's, um, your intention is, is, is so much of it. Just your intention for that is so beautiful, right? Like, I would like to transform this energy, right, to loving kindness and to more purity. So just as long as we want to take, you know, we take that energy, just like our desire, craving mind, you know, we want to say, okay, how could I take this beautiful, amazing energy and, and use it to where it's sustainable happiness and not just like a craving that just causes more craving, you know? So this is our, our intention behind it. But yeah, for sure. So, um, I just want to finish off the, the end of the meditation here. So maybe I'll, I'm just going to kind of read the end part and then we're going to do it all over again. Does that sound okay? Okay. Then I'll start from the beginning. So she's into the cycles and then she's saying, repeat the entire cycle rhythmically seven times all together. The intensity of the heat growing with each breath. At the seventh exhalation, imagine that the now burning hot ember explodes into flames. Mm. They shoot up the central channel, completely consuming and purifying the diluted energy at each chakra. At the crown, the flames finally melt and release this silvery, blissful energy which pours down the, the purified central channel 
giving increasing pleasure at each chakra it passes. Finally, when it meets the blazing ember at the navel chakra, there is an explosion of bliss. The blissful heat flows out to every atom and cell of your body, completely feeling you, feeling you, making your mind very happy. Concentrate on this pleasure without tension or expectation, without clinging to or analyzing it, just relaxing into it. You'll notice that no matter how strong the pleasure is, your mind and body are calm and controlled, unlike your usual experience of physical pleasure when the mind is excited or uncontrolled. If your mind should wander from its concentration to other objects, the past or future, objects of attachment or aversion, focus your attention on the subject of the thought, the mind that perceives the distracting object, the thinker. Watch the subject until the, the distracting thought disappears, then concentrate again on the blissful feeling. Having reached a state of clarity, it is good to use it to discover your true nature of mind, concentrating on your feelings, being absorbed in it for some time. Just resting in your clarity of mind. So I'm going to kind of go through it again for a few minutes. And I will say, because she talks about this drop, which she didn't explain in the beginning, there's drops. Actually, these drops are these packets of Akashic substance or of the energy body. One is a drop at the crown. There's another drop. Actually, the ember is a drop. And what's happening is that the ember is melting part of this this seed-like packet full of energy, kind of like Kundalini too. And it's melting with the heat and it's dripping down the Shushmana channel and when it hits the navel center, there's an explosion, like there's this meeting there and it becomes extremely strong as it drips down. And you can actually kind of feel these, it's quite interesting. And then that's gonna rush back up, okay? Not confused yet? So let's arouse bodhicitta, right motivation. May these practices be held for the sole purpose of attaining enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. May not one being be forsaken. All beings of the three times and six realms of past, present, and future. All beings everywhere. O Mani Padme Om. So determine to keep your mind relaxed, concentrated, and free of expectation. Start by visualizing the central channel as a transparent hollow tube, a finger's breadth and diameter. It runs straight down from the center of your body, just in front of the spinal column, from the crown to the base of your spine. Visualizing the right and left channels on either side of the central channel. Again, they start at the nostrils, curving up like a cane, over the top of the, or the sides of the head, curving inward, and they join the central channel at a point about four fingers width below the level of the navel. So just constructing that visualization for a moment.
Next, imagine reaching into a fire, taking out a tiny glowing ember and placing that ember inside your central channel at the level of the navel. Once it's there, feel the intensity of its heat. Gently contracting the muscles of the pelvic floor. Taking a full breath through the nostrils. The air travels through the nostrils down the right and left channels to where they enter the central channel below the level of the navel. The air joins with the heat there with the energy brought up from below. Stop inhaling. Swallow. Press down gently from the diaphragm. Compressing the energy from below and above. Holding for a moment, then release, exhaling. The air goes out the physical body, the energy, the heat of the ember, up through the central channel, out the crown. You could take a breath here. Once you are ready, you once again tense the pelvic floor. As you do that, start your inhalation. The breath moving down the subchannels all the way to the base, pausing, swallowing, compressing the diaphragm, compressing the heat. All of your attention is on the ember. You are the ember. Exhaling. Physical breath leaves the body. The visualization cleansing all the way up to the crown. So doing this a few more repetitions on your own. On whatever breath is next, on this next exhalation, you can imagine that the now burning hot ember explodes into flames. They shoot up the central channel, completely consuming and purifying the diluted energy of each chakra. At the crown, the flames finally melt and release the silvery, blissful energy which pours down the purified central channel, giving increasing pleasure at each chakra it passes. Finally, when it meets the blazing ember at the navel center, 
There is an explosion of bliss. This bliss heat flows out of every atom and cell of your body, completely feeling you, making you happy, very, very happy. Concentrate on this pleasure without tension or expectation. you all very, very much for coming and playing today with me. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.